Welcome to Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Every week, we sip on a strong new blend of practical tips, information, and education to help you optimize your health, body, and mind. Your hosts are Janice, Emily, Megan, and Olga. Your break starts now. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. On today's episode, we've extended another invitation to Stress First Aid Therapist, Lindsay DeMoose, LMFT, who works at Sharp Chula Vista. Hey, Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. How are you both doing? Doing good. Good. Doing good. We're super excited to have you again. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I know. We... We're excited to continue our conversation. We got so many great responses from our last podcast together. So I think, you know, all the wonderful tips and tricks that you and information that you have to offer resonated with so many of our listeners. Great. Perfect. So again, I'm Janice Chin Quanco, wellness support specialist at Sharp Best Health and joined here by my teammate, Emily Myhouse. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I just jumped in there. I was so excited. <laughs> it's all good. That's really wonderful feedback, though. Thank you. Um, yeah, I and I, like I said, I'm excited to sit down and have this conversation. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. One of the perks of working at Sharp is that we have so many experts within our system, and you know, you being absolutely one of them. And I'm excited to talk about our our topic today, which is we're we're going to be talking about. And correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsay, because I'm coming in without knowing a lot of information, so I'm really excited to learn from you. But a technique that it, you use in your with your therapy clients, which is called ACT, Acceptance mm-hmm. and Commitment Therapy, and how we might be able to use that um, in our day-to-day lives um, and then kind of hear from you what, what this means, who might want to use it, and how it has been impactful from your corner of the world. Certainly. Yeah, so ACT is a wonderful theory um, that is commitment and action driven. It's something that I have been able to use in my private practice, different components in the work that I've done at Sharp Makes a Vista. But it acknowledges that we are human and we have thoughts and these thoughts aren't always helpful to us. Um, but what the theory really identifies is that we can unhook from our thoughts. We can choose not to buy into our thoughts and instead we can really connect with ourselves. We can connect with the values that are inherent to us and are so important to us. And that when we make a commitment to act in accordance with those values rather than choose to buy into the thoughts that we have, again, as humans experiencing stressors that we experience, then what that looks like is that we start increasing our ability to be more flexible psychologically. And and what this theory really identifies is that when we stop with that process, we are um, much less prone to suffering as a result to trying to figure out how to change our thoughts or like Mm -hmm. looking at our thoughts as, well, if I'm thinking this, then this must mean that I am this. Um, and, Mm -hmm. And so when people experience that, what we call fusion of their thoughts, then they see the world and themselves as a much scarier place and in turn start avoiding things that are actually important to them. And so ACT allows for 
a revamp of how we view what's important to us and acting in accordance with that, despite what's going on in our thought process. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I, I really understand and resonate with what you're saying. And I think that, you know, the power of thoughts, like you said, there there's so much to them. Um, and I'm curious, how what does this look like in practice for you? Mm-hmm. Well, I've been able to use this with clients in my private practice that are just very stuck in their lives. They're stuck in this is not like theoretically sound, but like stuck in maladaptive thoughts. So stuck in, in these like, you know, um, dialogue of ongoing repetitive thoughts of I'm not good enough or I really messed up in this or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just a lot of entrenched negative things that would cause most people to not experience life in a very pleasant way. Um, and mm-hmm. so what this does is, what I've, I've seen is like um, how when we apply this, it we can look at all these different components of a person's life. And one of the things that the theory does is gives us like 10 different areas. I think that's what 10 different areas of like things to have value towards. So spirituality, family, um, you know, how we spend a recreational time, all these different components. And it helps the person understand, okay, like, where am I in terms of living my life in accordance to these values? And then we simultaneously start to look at the thoughts that are leading their lives in ways that are are not ideal at all, that are causing stress, causing anxiety, um, causing them to just like, again, be very stagnant in their lives. And so it's this multi-process type mm-hmm. of treatment that allows people to know that like they can think something, but then just act differently anyways. And so mm-hmm. what it does is it helps people feel much more responsible for their lives in ways that are actually, it's not important to me, it's important to them. And so this is, it's almost kind of like I'm a contractor that's giving them these blueprints and they're the ones that are designing the houses of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm helping to coach them in that direction of continuing to act regardless of what comes up in their thought process on a day-to-day basis. And so what the other component, well, again, there's many components of this, but one of the other things that's really important in this theory is it does a lot of mindfulness. And so, like I said, it's very present focused. Mm -hmm. It's helpful just in terms of like accepting what is rather than trying to change what is. And Mm -hmm. so it's it's just like a non-judgmental, non-critical approach to living out their lives and just changing the way that they are noticing what's happening in their psyche, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. And it, yeah, you talked about the connection to mindfulness, which as you were talking, it was just reminding me of exactly what, you know, the definition of mindfulness is, which is being present with your thoughts and emotions in a non-judgmental and curious way. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I'm understanding correctly, it sounds like, you know, being able to, tap into the present and practice mindfulness is really sort of the foundation of being able to even recognize and acknowledge your thoughts and emotions in the first place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's one of the amazing components about this principle. Now, Lindsay, um, 
Is there any chance here that we can tap into cognitive behavioral theory and how it relates to um, acceptance and commitment therapy? Are they related in any way? Um, I don't believe that they are. Where So CBT is much more um, focused on changing our thoughts, and that theory identifies that we have thoughts that are irrational and gives us a framework of actually changing the thoughts mm-hmm. themselves. And so as a result, we feel and behave differently. Mm-hmm. ACT is still a behaviorally based theory, mm-hmm. but it does not seek to change our actual thoughts. So it, it um, sometimes when we are aware of our irrational thoughts, we can get in this tug of war over our thoughts. And what ACT does is it just tells you to like drop the rope mm-hmm. and to stop struggling with those thoughts and to let those thoughts pass by, just like you are watching clouds pass by or, you know, watching um, a leaf pass by on a stream, that kind of thing. So it's very different actually than CBT. ACT is a lot more like dialectical behavioral therapy, which identifies that like we can have a feeling and still be responsible for how we follow through with those feelings. Mm-hmm. So we can experience two different things at once. That's, you know, when I learned about ACT, I really thought it was more along the lines of dialectical behavioral therapy instead. Okay. Yeah. But they're all very useful theories. It's just a matter of like, hey, what does this person really need? Like, how is this person experience avoidance? avoidance, how are they experience suffering, and what's the most helpful to be able to, like, yank them out of that cognitive process? Interesting. So I'm, I, I have a question. And I, again, I'm not really familiar with ACT. So I'm curious if, if you were to engage in this acceptance and commitment and say, you Mm -hmm. know, I see a thought, I acknowledge it. How do you not let that thought or feeling affect you? Like, say you made a mistake and you think, I'm so stupid, I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can you describe to me how you would use ACT to deal with that thought? Well, first of all, I just want to say that if you – if Um, that this is not a therapy that you have to do by yourself. It's always so helpful to be able to have a licensed clinician that's been trained in this Mm -hmm. to be able to assist you with it. Because sometimes, again, especially if your thoughts are so overwhelming, it's helpful to have somebody outside of yourself to be able to point that stuff out and serve as a guide in this process. There are lots of workbooks that are really helpful with this stuff too. So it doesn't, it's, it's, robust where you can have a guide, you can have the workbook as a guide. Um, but to go back to your question, wait, will you ask the question again? Emily? Yeah, no, no, I was, I was um, asking the question about how do we experience our thoughts um, in a way that it doesn't allow it to affect us. I'm not sure that yes. I'm asking that correctly, but like if you have a thought or emotion, how do you, like you gave the example of, of watching clouds pass by. How do mm-hmm. you watch a thought or a feeling pass by without it affecting you? Mm-hmm. So an example would be like if you are having the thought of like, I'm a bad person. Yeah. Or um, what the acceptance and commitment component of it is like, my commitment is that like, I really want to continue to love myself. 
Like that's very important to me because I deeply believe that I'm a valuable person. What is difficult is that I have thoughts that really are counterintuitive to that. And so when we engage, you know, just in day-to-day life, we have these reactions that come up that are, you know, maybe longstanding messages or whatever that we have experienced from childhood, from guilt, from shame. And those messages really solidify into our cycle of our thought process. And so what act, how we could utilize that would be like when that comes up based on like an experience that you have with work, at home, whatever, instead of you know, when it, with that immediate thought is like, I'm a bad person, instead of being like, oh, I am a bad person. Oh, my gosh, I do this every single time. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that I do this. There's a difference between having a thought and buying that thought, buying into that thought. So mm-hmm. the difference would be like, oh, when I'm in this situation, this is what my brain is doing. I'm I'm just experiencing this thought. But I know that that's actually different from from who I believe myself to be. Mm-hmm. Does that make, that make sense? Yeah. No, that, would that we, does make Would sense. we label that as like cognitive distortion in a sense? So in the CBT realm, yes. In the ACT realm, it's a thought. It's a thought. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. A thought is a thought. Mm-hmm. A thought exactly. Is a thought. Exactly. And, it, and the difference is that when we look at, if, if we connect so intrinsically to our thoughts, Think about that. Like our thoughts are are garble throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. It's this mm-hmm. hodgepodge of different judgments, observations, mm-hmm. feeling based perceptions. So if you think about like what that would actually look like for anybody that buys into that so much, like if we wore those outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. it'd be this mosaic of things that are good, not so good, helpful, not so helpful, right? Mm-hmm. So this is not about just like changing the mosaic of this is recognizing that there are just different components that come up that we can choose to connect with or look at as like, this is what's happening to me versus this is who I am. And so what ACT is is focusing on is that disconnect or that shift away from like, just because I'm thinking it, therefore it is me. Versus like I'm thinking it, but I still am who I am and I still get to be responsible in the things that I do in spite of my thoughts about who I am. Right. That all sounds great. Now, um, I do want to lead into, Lindsay, um, this conversation, you know, kind of surrounds it's going to get surrounded into self-compassion. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to put a plug in for positive self-talk. Um, mm-hmm. Can you expand on that and how ACT and positive self-talk, you know, um, in their in its relation to self-compassion? Yeah. So um, in talking more broadly about positive self-talk, we have to take into consideration negative self-talk too, right? Mm-hmm. So the the idea is that, Again, simply without act, the idea is that for us, everybody engages in some form of negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and where this is supposed to come from is this like kind of inner coach mm-hmm. of, you know, helping us learn from our mistakes, giving us dialogue so that we do better. Like it's supposed to serve to give us a boost and to further us along. Um, but in so many people's thought processes, I mean, again, I, I really want to normalize this. Um, what happens is that instead of building us up, it breaks us down. 
And so most people don't need to work on like, you know, engaging in more connection with their negative self-talk. Most people want to work on experiencing positive self-talk instead, mm-hmm. like really Correct. silencing the inner critic and, and learning how to talk. So that that negative self-talk really can connect to self-criticism, that that can influence the way that we think about ourselves. And again, that can change our overall self-esteem. It can change how we engage in behaviors. It can cause us to engage in a lot of avoidance. Like we can just feel much more overwhelmed when we have this constant narrator that's mm-hmm. saying like, mm-hmm. you messed up, you're not good enough. Oh my gosh, you're not as good as this other person. This other person's better than you. Like, we can all connect to that, right? So again, while ACT is not necessarily a theory that teaches us to engage in positive self-talk, it, it's not about, again, like CBT is about replacing one thought with another. ACT is more of just recognizing, hey, based on these experiences, based on the type of person that you, you know, or yeah, based on what you have experienced in your life and how that has shaped your thoughts, Negative self-talk might happen, but it's a matter of like recognizing that, hey, this does happen and I'm just going to learn to disconnect from that, to really defuse from that inner self-critic. And what I want to focus on instead is like more opening up to, or just even having compassion for myself in this process. That, mm-hmm. And I think that's a big one is mm-hmm. the self-compassion component. So like when we recognize that we're human Mm-hmm. That we have thoughts that don't always serve us. Instead of beating ourselves up, we can just take that space. And that's where the mindfulness comes into play to just have compassion. Like, just like me, just like everybody else, mm-hmm. I want to avoid suffering. Mm-hmm. I want to avoid feeling worse about myself, just like everybody else. And that really creates space for us to have compassion for us being human, having compassion for the ways that we struggle, and just recognizing what is versus what is supposed to be. Mm. Is that too heady? Does that make sense in a tangible way? Yeah. No, it, it really does. I, I, I'm nodding in agreement over here. <laughs> it it allows you, if I'm understanding correctly, it allows mm-hmm. you to sort of put less weight on your thoughts mm-hmm. and it yeah. creates this buffer space where you have just a moment to disengage and not buy into every single thought as if it were fact. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent, Emily. Mm-hmm. Super fascinating. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I want to keep asking you questions. I feel like this is how we end all of our podcasts, yeah. but I also want to be mindful of our time. I know mm-hmm. we've are, are close to our, our time, but, mm-hmm. um, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, and I, I'm excited to hopefully keep this conversation going. Um, Janice, mm-hmm. do you have any last thoughts or Lindsay? Yeah, I actually do. Um, Lindsay actually shared with us when we were creating this podcast topic that we're just going to put in a little humble plug for her. (laughs) She actually has a book on Amazon called Quiet Your Inner Critic, a positive self-talk journal available on Amazon. We can put that in the show notes. Um, If this is something that you feel could resonate with you, um, it's available there. You can always reach out to Lindsay as well. Um, It's lindsaydemoose at sharp.com. And... um, 
yeah, if you have any questions, we're going to go ahead and, of course, post a quiz for this podcast. So make sure you take that. And, um, yeah, I don't have anything else. But, Lindsay, do you have anything final yes, thoughts? Thank you for plugging that. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I hope sure. it's helpful for anybody that um, ends up buying the journal. It's really inexpensive, too, so it's not like a bank bed bank account breaker, um, but it, it can just be like a helpful companion to be able to go along in this journey of recognizing how our thoughts about ourselves can be different. But it just with with the theme of self-compassion and act, I think, you know, if, if you're recognizing that it's like, hey, I, I'm so fused to my thoughts and I really feel bad about myself or I feel bad about the direction of my life on a day-to-day basis. Um, this is such a helpful tool just to be able to like pause that mm-hmm. whole process, give mm-hmm. you time to be able to reflect on what you want to do instead, mm-hmm. how you want your life to be lived as far as you as a person and what you can control for. Um, and when you set up some guardrails of like, hey, this, these are the things that are really important to me that I want to connect I want to get out of my thought process and I want to live my life again. Clearing out that space and having anchors of of how you get to experience life on a day-to-day basis actually shifts the focus of going internally to like what's outward and what feels much you know, more optimistic and, and broad and, and just hopeful. Um, and so I would certainly encourage anybody that has more questions about this. It's it's really hard. You know, it's one thing to be talking to my colleagues about this in a half mm-hmm. an hour. It's another thing to be talking to people that just, you know, maybe have never gone to therapy before. Just this is like a new thing. So anybody that has any questions, I'm happy to continue to give you more information about it, to coach you with it, to give you resources. Um, any person that I've worked with in my private practice that we've used this theory just feels lighter and feels much more in control of their lives. And it does not have to be this massive overhaul of their thought process. It's just getting much more connected into the present instead. So I hope that that's helpful. That's wonderful. And I do want to put another plug in that when this episode drops, it will be Stress Awareness Month. So April is Stress Awareness Month, So, which is why we want to go ahead and create this episode. We do have sharp employee resources such as Care For You, which are peer supporters all around our system. Just search Care For You on SharpNet. And also we have Employee Assistance Program, which is the EAP. And go ahead and search EAP on SharpNet as well. If you feel like you need to talk to somebody, we do have those resources for you here. Here at Sharp. Emily, any other thoughts? No, I just want to say a big thank you again to Lindsay. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, for sharing all your wisdom, and I am already looking forward to our next one. Wonderful. <laughs> thank here. you both for having me. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Download this episode and find more great information on health and wellness by visiting Sharp Best Health on SharpNet.com.